0: Hey everyone. Hopefully you are enjoying our global supply chain week here at FreightWaves. Waves uh, coming to you from Chattanooga. I'm Zach Strickland, Director of Freight Market Intelligence. Uh, with me, Anthony Smith, Lead Economist. And this is our Freightonomics uh, podcast that we do every week here at FreightWaves. Waves. If you are interested, we do uh, speak to the global supply chain quite often on yeah. the show as we talk about everything that's interconnected around the globe uh, and everything that is impacting the supply chain environment itself. But first, before we dive into the show, we've got some giveaways. Do we not? We have some giveaways, yeah. So let's, uh, yeah, we've got a, well, didn't you want to reveal this? Wasn't this going to be your big reveal? I mean, it is a big reveal. (laughs) But
1: but this is, as Zach mentioned, uh, Freightonomics, and this is a global supply chain. So this is a bit of a special edition for us today. Not only that, Mm -hmm. we have a special guest coming on. In the next segment, we have a giveaway as always, we have to tell you or remind you, because usually we have our, our, our chat in on LinkedIn. Yes. And so if you're watching LinkedIn, be sure to know that you can check us out on live.freightwoods.com. So there's an even bigger conversation going on there. And if you're there, you can check out the virtual booths. You can ch- check out the channels. We have ArcBest, Blue Yonder, Echo. So we have different channels for each individual breakout here. And so be sure to check that out. Zach, it's been an amazing show so far. We have had just had Gary V um not too long ago earlier on in the morning yep. with Steve Ferreira we had um we had Kelvin Beachum, uh on as well and so there's been some amazing talks yeah i love the kelvin
0: Beachum one yeah. um they the athletes talking about the investment cycles i mean they we've heard about it you know you you think about these the millions of dollars that they have and they go in and they're <clears throat> you know they have these careers that a lot of them are very short i think the average nfl career is less than 2 years yeah uh, right. for the most part, even though they're making like, you know, a million here and there, but it's, you know, that's the rest of their career. So they've right. got to go on to find other ways to uh, to make money. So that one was really enjoyable for me. I also enjoyed uh, listening to uh, the one between J- JT and Brian Away, yeah, uh, talking about the freight tech trends and, of course, making a little jab at the uh, supply chain visibility tech uh, that people were, you know, kind of sn- sniffling about, you know, or making snide remarks about in the past, uh, not necessarily taking it too seriously. And then all of a sudden 2020 hits and what's the big hot topic? Yeah, supply chain (laughs) visibility. visibility. Where's where's my freight? So uh, yeah, a lot of good talks today. Again, just Peter Sand uh, before this talking about containers and the new normal uh, with uh, with Greg Miller there. Uh, You know, they both kind of made some comments about how this new normal phrase, you know, it's kind of buzzwordy, yeah. uh, you know, a little yeah. trendy, and nobody really knows what the new normal is going to be, but it, it's more like, is this going to last? Yeah. And we're going to hit on that here in a little bit. We've got a little game set up uh, that we're going to play. Uh, yeah. You know, and maybe will it
1: last is a better term than will it matter? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, The the other one that the main takeaway I love from Gary Vee and Steve was one was just the importance of personal branding and how much that's really going to matter. And the other thing is uh, tailoring your content to the appropriate audience. So he spoke about, uh, I think, Clubhouse, LinkedIn, Facebook. So talking about you can't you can copy and paste, of course, but it's not going to give off the correct message each for each platform. So looking at who you're talking to, how you're going to brand yourself being you know being able to get active in comments being able to reply and so there are a lot of gems in that as always whenever we have c ferrera and especially with gary v so as always looking forward to more content from c Ferreira. but as you mentioned <laughs> we have a giveaway zach I do we have our first giveaway it is an apple 4k tv the lucky winner is brian hall brian. of oh. bm Bowman. <laughs> <Right off>. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> some, yeah, yeah, a little so, delayed. Drum yeah, slightly, but that's okay. But <laughs> Brian Hall, congratulations. You ha- are the winner of the 4K Apple TV. And uh, hope you enjoy it. We have another giveaway coming up a little bit later on, right around the lunch toss. Yep. It's going to be an Apple Watch, so stay tuned for that. Exactly. So uh,
0: before we go into our next segment, uh, you know, we normally do some top stories, but we're going to do a little spice it up because we talk about everything's obviously very volatile right now. And everybody's talking about the new normal, as we just mentioned. Uh, What's it going to look like? So some of our top stories, I'm going to ask you, will it matter or will it be part of the new normal (laughs) Uh, after after all this is said and done here in 2022? Hopefully all of it's said and done here in 2022 with COVID and everything. Uh, So. The first uh, story I have here is, you know, Eric Coolidge, our air cargo writer, um, transport buyers dig deeper into wallets for air cargo. So basically businesses are now paying about two and a half times more to book air shipments uh, than in previous years. And that's expected to continue mm. uh, throughout the next little bit. So air capacity, obviously very reduced over the last bit. The maritime sector, uh, very constrained on their capacity. Are we going to see this problem persist into 2022
1: so i think we are going to see it persist and i think there's going to be an adjustment accordingly um so i think it it matters near term and, and the adjustment for it but i think long term there's going to be adjustments made i think long term it doesn't matter um but i think near term okay we're going to be finding right. how to adjust and how to accord, like how to you know adapt to this new scenario this new pricing all that but i think long term doesn't matter yeah, so
0: passenger belly cargo comes back online with the passengers. Everybody's excited to go travel again. Gets out in the world. We have a new pandemic. No, hopefully not. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the air cargo side is, is well served uh, after the passengers come back online. I don't know. You know, obviously, a lot of the container side stuff should be have, have some sort of resolution here in yeah. the next few months. Maybe the next year. We don't know. We'll see. Uh, the next one up uh, is going to be the... Walmart beats Amazon in circumventing congestion. So Walmart basically has gone around and figured out a way. And this was part of our you know, talk uh, last week at the Global Supply Chain yeah. uh, Week. And they've been able to more diversify their spread of container flow across, into ports in the United States, whereas Amazon's been largely concentrated
1: at the, uh, the Southern California ports. Will this matter in 2022? No, I don't think it's going to matter in 2022. I think... Amazon is going to be, for how big Amazon is, they seem to adjust pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's definitely, it matters near term because it's like, how did Walmart get the jump on us? Because usually we don't see that. We see Amazon really, as of late, being the leading force of dictating what happens, what's the newest way to go about transportation, what's the most efficient way to go about things. But this is surprising to see that Walmart. And that kind of dives into a point that Andrew Cox and I had uh, earlier on last week, is that Walmart is a tech company, essentially. And so right. I think tech, it's been the common theme throughout all these days is how much technology is playing a role. But I think long term, it doesn't matter. Amazon's going to adjust accordingly.
0: So I, that's, that's actually the reason I think it does matter. Mm. Uh, I, think, I think that while Amazon will adjust, but that's going to create a much bigger ripple if you have both of these two uh, retail behemoths. Uh, the National Retail Federation forecast retail sales, sales will grow 6.5 to 8.2% with a majority of that coming from the e-commerce sector over the next year. So, again, the retail sector is at a booming, uh, left a big mark on the economy over the last year. So I think that as more of these companies lead the way, you know, these Amazons and Walmarts, we're going to see a little bit more even distribution uh, throughout some ports. And, of course, nearshoring, reshoring, and all that will also play, play a factor in this. Uh, so one more before we take a quick break. So this one's got a lot of hits on FreightWaves.com. Kim Link-Willis, uh, you know, talks about how ocean carriers take heat for profiting so handsomely while service plunges. Now, this is obviously a situation where the maritime side, not enough containers, they can't get their freight over here, and then they're reporting these huge profits, mm. uh, billions of dollars of profits. And I think they were million or $900 million increase year over year, Hopag Lloyd reports. Is this going to be a thing... Uh, you know,
1: over the next year. I don't think it's going to be a thing over the next year. No? No. Mm -hmm. But I think it matters. (laughs) I think (laughs) think we're looking at, you know, this reporting, I think there's going to be adjustments made in order to kind of get either more visibility or really kind of figure out what what was going on. But I think Mm -hmm. it does matter.
0: Okay. So, I I mean, I I think it definitely matters in the way that this just shows some additional strain between shippers and you know, the transportation providers, uh, they're not going to have these profitable, (laughs) this, this amount of profitability over the years. And, you know, what happens to these people that are complaining about, you know, not getting service now, which rightfully so, uh, what happens when they don't have as much demand and they're not rushing to restock inventories. And now these containers are now oversupplied and strewn about the, you know, the world, uh, with no freight on them. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a big, Trade-off here, yeah. I don't, I, you know the forecasting piece is definitely uh, a big factor in all this. So, you know I think it definitely matters. Uh, I think it's going to continue to matter. I think it's going to leave some sour taste in some of these shippers' mouths over the
1: next little bit. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I think that's that's the, that's a good one to end on. And yeah. we're gonna come. Or we're coming up on a break now, but. Up next, we're going to have Zoc- Dr. Dr. Zach Dr. Rogers Zach on with Rogers? us talking some of the latest LMI the Logistics Managers Index. So-
0: Dr. Z, we were uh, we were just talking about some of the, you know, obviously, a lot of reorganization on supply chain networks here over the last bit. You are, of course, heavily ingrained with a lot of these companies. Uh, you are one of the main contributors to the LMI Logistics Managers Index. So, you know, since we do have a Slightly different audience this week uh, with the Global Supply Chain event. Why don't you
2: tell us a little bit about you and uh, the LMI? Right. So, uh, you know, I'm an Aquarius and I I like to walk on the beach. Uh, (laughs) But uh, the the LMI is the Logistics Managers Index. And the Logistics Managers Index is a change index that we do every month. Uh, Today's report actually just came out about three hours ago. So this is is, and and was done being written about six hours ago. So this is fresh, new, uh, fresh, new information. Essentially, what we do is we go out and we ask a, a couple hundred director level and above supply chain folks, hey, inventory level, uh, inventory prices, transportation, warehousing. Are things going up? Are things going down? Are things staying the same? We use this cre- to create a change index. And Essentially, the way you would read this, and you can read it at b lmicom the way you would read this is any number above 50 means there's growth. Any number below 50 means contractions very similar to the way the uh, the purchasing managers index uh, would work. people are familiar with so this month uh, we like like I said we just released the new numbers and I think it really goes a lot with what you guys are just talking about so transportation all, all three price metrics right we're talking about it's so expensive right now to work in the supply chain we have three price metrics that we check transportation price, warehouse price and inventory costs all three of those metrics are at 28 month highs right now. So the highest they've been since Q3 of 2018. Now, again, we're talking in terms of growth rates. And so transportation prices are growing at an 88. Uh, Warehouse prices are growing at a, a 79. Both of these are really high numbers and it has to do with, just like you guys are saying, a lack of capacity. And I'm getting the same feedback that you are uh and, and in I read the Link Willis article yesterday, actually, that there's this sort of tension building. I mean, if you look at um at prices right now for for just just say, you know, uh freight it's like five thousand dollars per forty foot equivalent unit right now. I mean, it's yep. like a, it's like it's like seventy percent more expensive than this time a year ago. And schedule reliability is like cut in half from the same time. And so essentially the value proposition that these carriers are asking the shippers to, to deal with is, hey, uh, what if we charge you double the price for half the service? That, that, that's essentially what the question is right now. <laughs> and so it's no surprise that we have all these carriers who are really frustrated. Now, what do you do in that situation? I mean, there's not a lot of good ways to get things from you know, the side of the Pacific Ocean where we make everything back to the United States. Uh, especially now because you're having, you know, when you have 58 ships, either in the port or outside the port of L.A., containers going to be really slow getting back to China, which means they're going to be slow getting back to the United States. And we're going to get kind of in this negative feedback loop. And I don't know what the answer is. I mean, the port of Georgia just expanded by 25 percent. Maybe you go all the way around and, and start shipping stuff to Savannah. Maybe you see more stuff going to Portland. Maybe even west coast of Mexico and then go up by train is something I've seen some folks <laughs> doing. So there's all kinds of uh, of, of problems right now and really high prices. Like I said, higher rates of growth in price than we've seen uh, than we've seen in you know almost a two and a half years due to this real tightening in capacity that we see in the supply chain.
0: Yeah, and uh, and of course the LMI is heavily focused on the domestic. Uh, side. You know, you just measure what's happening in, in the United States, correct? Mm. Or largely North we, America. We get a North little America.
2: bit of both. We get a little bit of both, but we are more heavily uh, United States. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I think it is a fascinating thing because I, I don't see a real clear solution. I think the long game uh, shows that, you know, maybe they shouldn't, you know, take as high of a rate, but it's really the shippers that are bidding the prices up. Are they not?
2: No, you're absolutely right. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. And in many ways, it's the customers that are forcing them to do that. Right. You know, if the pandemic taught us anything, it's that we can all sit at home, push a button on our phone, and pretty much anything should be able to show up in the next one or two days, right? And so the only way to make that level of service work is to have a constant stream of of inventory moving in. And we got, you know, two things happened. We got so far back in the hole uh, last year. You know, next week is going to be one year since the big lockdown happened. Since, you know, there was that day when suddenly... We weren't playing basketball, and Tom Hanks was sick, and everyone was like, oh, I guess I guess this is a real thing. So that was, that was a year ago next week. Over the course of last year, port traffic was actually down by 1% year over year. Next week, it's going to be up 505% year over year from the same week. That's mind-boggling. That's just the Port of Los Angeles. So that shows the hole that we're still trying to dig ourselves out of. And on top of that, when we look on more at the domestic side and we look at trucks and warehouses, well, if e-commerce was supposed to go up by 15% last year, but it went up by 45%, that means that we essentially skip forward three years and nine months. And so we have three years that we moved forward in terms of demand for supply chain capital. And we've only had nine months to make up the gap. And during those nine months, a lot of companies have been really tight and squeezed for cash. And so, you know, we were talking about, is this a problem that's going to last a year? Yeah, I think so. You know, we ask our, our respondents, hey, what do you see happening in the next, in the next uh, 12 months? And it's interesting for warehouse capacity and transportation capacity. Essentially, what, what they predicted was, oh, it'll grow at a rate of about 59. Remember, 50 is break even. So 59 is a very moderate pace. And it's actually what we would see in a normal year. We add a little bit of capacity every year as we go up incrementally. The problem is that last year, demand didn't go up incrementally. It went up, like, constantly. And so in terms of price growth that our respondents are are expecting for next year, an 81 for inventory, a 79.9, so essentially an 80 for warehouse utilization, and an 87 for transportation prices. meaning that even though we're going to be adding capacity, price is going to stay high and keep getting higher at least through 2021.
0: Wow. I I mean, those are (laughs) that's and and you're talking about the 79 and 80 in relation to the diffusion index where it's above 50 is expanding below 50 is Mm -hmm. contracting. Uh, So, 80. and
2: like, you know, the average numbers for these metrics would be like 63. Right. Right. And they're predicting, you know, high 80s for the next year.
0: Uh, well, Dr. Zach Rogers, we want we want to be uh, mindful of your time. We know you got a class to run off to, uh, to make sure that yeah, the young you know, minds Gen aren't missing. Yeah,
2: Gen Z, you know, these kids are so sensitive. They're like, oh, we can't start class unless the professor gets here. And I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, in my day, you know, millennials were fine to just sit there and play on our phones. And if we only had 20 minutes, so be it. So, uh, <laughs> the new generation, they're too
1: sensitive.
0: Yeah, so uh, let us know real quick uh, how to get more in touch uh, with you and your crew uh, with the LMI.
2: Absolutely absolutely so so like I said all of our reports are posted at the lmicom Uh the new report just went up this morning. if anybody uh, you know would like to uh, talk about uh, becoming a member of our respondent board, we're always looking for more you know expertise and and we have people upstream downstream all over the supply chain. you can send me a note at zach zac. rogers at state state. Uh, edu. Cal State has the CSU suffix, so we had to stand <laughs> um, you know, Send me a note, and, and I'm happy to add you to the list, get you on the, the distribution list for sure uh, for the report. And, uh, and, of course, you can see me every month on, uh, on America's number one freight and economics podcast.
0: <laughs> right on. Well, thanks so much for, uh, for coming out and going to uh, educate the next generation uh, so that we don't end up in another situation like this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll do our best. All right. <laughs> Thanks
0: guys. Thank you. Well, I mean, so that that's that's amazing to me that yeah. the you know there is a forecasting aspect to the LMI that they ask about what their sentiment is about moving forward. Now, I think a lot of people have thought, okay, this can't last forever. This new normal uh, you know, pandemic the pandemic's going to subside. We're going to come out of it. Then eventually we'll go back to the way everything was before. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's 100% accurate. I, I think that we have had, a buzzword alert, a paradigm shift. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we have seen some behavioral changes that are going to stick and persist uh, that are going to be reminiscent of what we've seen. He was just talking about e-commerce growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certain things that are going to stick around uh, for the short term, obviously, in a little bit of an exaggerated state. But a lot of these shifts... People working from home, for instance, they figured out how they forced people into building these infrastructures, uh, into working from home, being available online. Uh, you know, obviously, everybody's been on a Zoom call in the last year. Yeah. Uh, now they've ad- adapted to it and figured out how to use this stuff to maintain productivity. And I think that's really going to help uh, us moving forward kind of keep some of this, you know, shifting into this new normal environment. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think, well, one aspect of that, that I love that future expectations yeah. component to the LMI. And knowing that they think even with capacity coming down, even if it's not going to be that strain, that prices are still going to be elevated. I think that speaks volumes. And so yeah. knowing that is like, that's going to be on people's minds. That's going to be on managers' minds. How are they going to adjust? They're going to act accordingly with expectations that those prices are going to remain elevated. But Zach, just as you mentioned, this is going to be, people have adapted and adjusted to this on the e-commerce realm. Zach Rogers alluded to this. Now people are used to being able to just, you know, push a button and it being there at their doorstep, you know, within either that day or the next day. And so I think, we're adjusting now. I think people have adjusted. Those that want to work remotely are going to work remotely in businesses that no longer need that overhead of having this big, expensive office space. That's not going to be a thing. I mean, we're seeing it in all the the numbers. We're looking at construction spending. Office spending, of course, is one that's gone down year over year uh, (laughs) tremendously. Um, But we're going to see shifts all over the, 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 the spectrum. I mean, even with housing, Yep. people are going to be looking to move. Now we're seeing a lot more activity in the Midwest and South from those more populous areas in the Northeast and, and some parts of California. So there's been shifts all throughout the economy.
0: Yeah, I, I was listening to Bob Corker and Craig talk yesterday uh, about some of this spending. Uh, they covered just a wide range yeah. of stuff on that. Uh, I recommend everybody go back and watch that one one more time if they haven't seen it already. It's It's pretty tremendous about how much stuff a little back insight into that po- political uh, environment. And, you know, he talked a lot about bipartisan uh, communication, trying to move things forward. And you get a little bit of that insight into how the political mind works yeah. uh, and things you have to do necessarily to get stuff done. Um, so very fascinating there. But uh, he was talking about how he did anticipate people going back into the office to an extent. Uh, I read a study that also kind of supports this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, optimally speaking. And this, of course, is an aggregated study, depending on your environment. Tech companies, for instance, probably have a little bit wider range here to work with um, where working from home about one to two days per week appears to be the most productive uh, measure. So yeah. not having everybody in there all the time, obviously, all but. There is a, the optimal efficiency level happens around one to two days working remote per week, which I found was fascinating that they actually did this study and, and found some sort of result from it.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting because that's the cultural norm for some Nordic countries. I think they usually work at least one day remotely. Yeah. That's like a thing that's built into their society. So I think it's going to be cool to see what kind of things we, we have that stick around from this whole pandemic. But it's kind of plays into the millennial playbook a little bit because millennials, I think. Have You're a millennial don't tell them that (laughs) but millennials have been wanting to you know work remotely or you know if i don't need to be in office for this why are we doing this you know so i've always heard those points come from those millennials talking about you know why are we having this meeting so i think that kind of gives a lot more you know credence to you know being efficient making sure we're using our time effectively are we do we all need to be here for this and so i think that's going to be one of the positives that we see kind of coming out of all of this
0: yeah. And I think as it, uh, you know, impacts the overall global supply chain world and environment, uh, you know, that's going to mean that people are going to need technology more. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be relying on a lot of technology and, t- you know, technology changes now. Mm-hmm. Like it used to be back in the 90s, you know, the PC was really the first big economic boom. That mm-hmm. was the big product that, you know, really thrust the economy forward fast. It was one of the largest expansions of our economy yeah. in my lifetime um followed by a recession yeah. uh, as they normally do. Uh nothing lasts forever. Uh and then you know that kind of died out. And then the, it took a few years uh for the next kind of technological boom driven by a lot of what you see here, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the i the iPhones, uh you know, other electronic devices really drove a lot of economic expansion. Of course the real estate uh bust uh back there around the great recession put a notch in that, but we've seen this actual relatively stable environment growth after that period of time. Uh, No thanks to COVID, we had a little interruption, but still, I think a lot of what we're going to see moving forward is this consistent building of technological advances. You're an economist. Mm -hmm. The one thing that was ingrained in me back in my econ 201 or 301 day or whatever it was. You never made it to 301. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, I think I woke up for a minute and then, uh, so I, I, and I heard her say, there's two things that improve your quality of life, which should be the goal <laughs> for, you know, economies around the world, uh, improvement of the quality of life for its people, yeah. uh, technology and education. Yeah. So if we are pushing for, uh, forward on the technological aspect quality of life for everybody improves, there's still going to be a lot of goods (laughs) to move, a lot of stuff to manufacture. It means things are going to have life cycles uh, that are going to be shorter. And I think that's only going to continue to perpetuate a lot of what we're seeing right now. E-commerce is here to stay. That's not going to decline anytime soon. I do think that some of these capacity constraining issues that we're seeing, that we're dealing with, that Dr. Zach Rogers was talking about, um, we'll see some of that you know, correct itself Mm -hmm. as it does over time. Every system does move towards an equilibrium. It cannot stay out of balance forever, whether that be on the buy side or the sell side of capacity. The shipping side is going to come back to where it will hover for a while. It'll be a little bit more stable there. These erratic price movements will not stay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a good form factor of all this, is going to sound strange, but cell phones, So, like, when cell phones really kind of hit the market, there were all these different types of form factors. And Mm -hmm. so there were these cool flip phones. I don't know if you ever had the Sidekick, these Palm Pilots. There were all these different types of phones that came out. Now they're all kind of the same, you know, format. They were all over the board. Then it kind of settles like, okay, this is going to be the form for moving forward. It's going to be this, you know... We used to be like, how thin can we get it? How big can we get the screen? Now it all kind of looks like the average Google Pixel or iPhone if you're into that thing. And so it's all kind of getting into the same form factor. And now we freak out when, you know, hey, there's going to be a folding phone now, you know, the Samsung Fold or whatever it might be. And so it all kind of settles into one, you know, unified form factor. All right.
0: I I got a question for you. It. So we're seeing air cargo rates, maritime rates, obviously well elevated year over year right now. Where do you see them in terms of either a multiple or a, you know, percentage of where they are today in a year from now? Hot take. It's going to be recorded for prosperity. So you're going to. Record poster- it. Hey, So you're going. Record <laughs> So here so it comes. Going down. Going down. Where's, yes. where's it going to be? On so the you- maritime side. So oh. they're at 5K right now. hmm so next time this year next this time next year, we're going to look it up five k. where are we at?
1: I say it goes down
0: by roughly forty percent, forty percent, so we're going to be at sixty percent of five k yeah <laughs> so do the math, what is that three three grand? I'm not doing math <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I'm going to call it three grand so three grand this time next year. so that's actually well above. Where they were. And this is spot rates for 40-foot equivalent okay. units. Yeah, yeah. So that's still, uh, ex- still well-elevated uh, where we were. It is. You it know, is. Th- uh, we were at a $1,000 before this all started. Right. And, and that's the Trans-Pacific Lane.
1: So, <laughs> we're, you know, play the tape. Play the tape a year from now. Also, <laughs> this is going to be wrapping up soon. So I have to give a shout-out to some of the things that we have coming up here. Um, coming up next, we're going to have uh, Nick Austin chatting with Captain William uh, Rochira. Um, yeah. From the Coast Guard, uh, how they break the ice for smoother shipping lanes. Uh, we're going to have Steve Ferreira back, of course, um, chatting with Gordon Downs, talking about navigating volatility and unpredictability. So, looking forward to that. So, we have a lot of cool content coming up. And then we're going to have our lunch segment. And guess what, Zach? Are we going to give something else we're away? We're giving something else away. I mean, that's what, what. What else could we possibly give away? I don't. <laughs> let me see. It's an Apple Watch. Apple Watch. So hopefully night. you have an Apple device and it's going to work. And, you know, if it's like me on an Android, you know, I don't think. I don't, do they work on Androids? No. Okay. So, they don't <laughs> work on Android. so hopefully you have an Apple device to pair along with this Apple watch. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Freightonomics. Um, as always, you can check us out on, what's your handle? Uh, Z what? My handle? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you can check us out on Freightcast. Make <laughs> sure you download the app. Uh and make sure that you check out all of our other podcasts. Yeah.
1: Enjoy the check. Thought you were know, like oh, yes, on I, Twitter. Uh, yeah. The The Twitters. Z, yes.
0: <laughs> I, I even forget what it's called.